I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of what is now the Top Cut Podcast. We, uh... We found out that there was already a delinquent duo Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Uh, when we did our research for the name, I promise, we looked. We looked closely at YouTube, Spotify, all the major, uh, all the major places that people post their podcasts, and there was none. And then, yeah, I guess it was a couple of days ago, we went onto YouTube because we were going to start posting podcasts mm-hmm. on YouTube as well as the usual places, and when we went to go post on YouTube, we looked at it, and there was a delinquent duo podcast with almost the exact same artwork. The I mean, post everything was exactly the same. They had one episode up, and it went up before any of ours went up. So we said, mm-hmm. even though they haven't posted anything else, we're gonna back off. We're gonna let them do their thing, and we are going to rebrand. So from now on, we are the Top Cut Yu Gi Oh podcast, or Top Cut for short. Mm-hmm. So now that we've corrected our name let's talk some corrections from the previous episode yes uh during episode two uh first off i have to give a shout out to boothy on twitter who corrected us we do we do make mistakes we're only human and we appreciate and appreciate how um how nice he was for being he was very uh what's the word i'm looking for polite yes he was very polite about the corrections as well that's the big thing i want to point out first off these... we're always open to people giving us feedback and correcting us cause... oh we want to give you correct information. Oh, absolutely. So first off, the Cyberstyle structure deck is not a retrained structure deck. It is a structure deck. It was it was part of the uh, stru- the OCG had a uh, structure deck voting basically, um, and it got second place. Right. So, yeah. I think first place was the Ice Barrier structure. Yeah. Deck. And in addition, the Ice Barrier structure deck and the OCG had cross out designator, which so we said that there was nothing in there in the OCG. There untrue. was. They're untrue. It had cross out designator and. Was that the first printing of that card over there? It's the only printing that, of that card that exists. Insane. Yeah. Honestly what, insane. Yeah, that card is run in... That card is run, I think, either the Sam or more than Ash Blossom. Yeah. It's... That format's very different for a multitude of reasons, and 
Cross-side designator is as big of a reason that that format is different as any card. Oh, absolutely. So, with that, though, we're going to take it on into the rest of today's episode. Uh, We do want to welcome you in to the Top Cut Podcast. My name is Sonny. I'm Caleb, as usual. And uh, let's get on into it. We have uh, have a lot that we're going to break down today. Uh, For those of you who look at the timestamps, we're going to break down a little bit of Speed Ward support. Uh, which has just been announced uh, either today or yesterday. Yeah. Which today is Wednesday for the recording, but uh, the Speed Word support was just announced. Uh, it's got some reprints, all stuff that's coming in the new. Is it? The, uh, so what's the, o- the OCG name versus oh, TCG? Uh, so the OCG name is uh, something Duelist. Let me pull it back up. Oh, uh, Duelist Pack, Duelist of Whirlwind. It is a synchro, wind synchro themed pa- uh, set. For right. us, it'll be Legendary Duelists, uh, Synchro Storm. Right. So we'll, we'll just kind of refer to it as Synchro Storm, because that's what we in the TCG will know it by. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're going to talk about the new Synchro Storm set, the new cards coming in it. Uh, we're going to talk about a tournament that we, for whatever reason, we neglected it when we talked about the LCS. We did not talk about the Chalice Slime Monthly, uh, and we're going to talk about that, Top Cut. We're going to do a little bit of a breakdown there. And then we'll talk about the upcoming Remote Dual Extravaganza in Europe. And the big section today is going to be talking about accessories. Mm-hmm. So uh, stick around, and we're going to break all this down for you. All right, let's open up with some Speedroid support. So they've announced quite a few Speedroid cards. And for those that are unfamiliar, uh, this was an archetype from, is it Reigns or was it? Uh, no, it was Zexel. Was it really Zexel? Is it that old? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so the Speedroids were the... So the main character, Zexel, was an individual who split into four. One went to the one went to the Fusion Dimension, one went to the Synchro Dimension, one went to the Exceed Dimension, one went into the Pendulum Dimension. The Speedroids were the Synchro Dimension's uh, version of him's arc, uh, deck archetype, uh, which revolved around the Speedroids, High Speedroids, and his dragon, uh, Clearwing Synchro Dragon. It was Arc V. It wasn't Zexel, it was Arc V. It was Arc V, thank you. Arc V. I didn't watch the anime. Yeah, we're we're not caught up on the anime like we honestly probably should be considering how much we talk about these things. Fair enough. So the Speedroids are an anime archetype from Arc V, and there's already some cards that we have here in the TCG like Blocked and Roll, and most notably Speedroid Terratop, which is limited. I think it's still limited to this. Day. I think uh, it's Terratop and Takatomborg. Right. Those those are the big ones that we have here in the TCG. Um, they're already good cards. They've already seen competitive meta play, but this is a new round of support for them. Uh, we got, I don't know, half a dozen cards here? Uh, four or five. Yeah, so there are, there are some reprints that we know are coming, which are Clearwing Synchro Dragon, Speed Ward Terror Top, Speed Ward Takatom Board, uh, Den Den Daiko Duke? Yep, Den Den Daiko Duke. Sure, and Speed Ward Car Turbo. Uh, let's let's talk. Let's start talking about some of this new stuff, though. What do you think? Well, first off, we have uh, Speedroid Party Horn Kid, level four monster, a thousand attack and defense. On summon, um, you excavate uh, a number of cards off the top of your deck equal to the number of wind monsters you control. So just summoning him, it's automatically one. Right. Uh, pick a card, add it to your hand. The rest go into the bot to the bottom of your deck. It is a normal summonable pot of duality. But it also has, you can you can end up 
getting up to, I think the maximum you can do is seven. It's kind of insane, right? Oh, yeah. But that's, you know, that means you have to have four, uh, five wind links that are co-linking all the way to the other extra deck, uh, all the way to the other extra deck to the zone. You fill that in, and then you have one monster on the left, then you summon this thing on the far right. It's really the only way you could do that. Honestly, it really almost works like Pot of Prosperity without all the drawbacks. Exactly. Um, Interesting. And then, in addition... It's got a secondary effect. Yes. And both both of these are hard ones per turn. Oh, yeah. In addition, uh, while it's in your graveyard, you can banish it, target a level 3 or higher wind monster you control. Doesn't matter. Archetype or whatever, as long as a level 3 or higher wind monster reduces level by 2. That's interesting. So... It'll, uh, and this is a level four wind machine tuner monster. Mm-hmm. So and it'll it'll play nice with the uh, rest of the, uh, with the rest of the archetype. It, it's a very very synchro heavy archetype. Oh, absolutely! It's from the synchro dimension. Right. Then we have Speedroid Magic Hound, level three, eight hundred attack and defense. Mm-hmm. On summon, you foolish barrel of Speedroid monster. Literally, I know any Speedroid card. Oh, my! I thought it was just a monster. My bad. It's ca- any card. Yeah, and that Spell, is... trap. That's... So that's not once per turn, but the second effect is... Yes. Um, you can banish it from your graveyard, return a uh, speedroid from your deck to your... Uh, from your graveyard back to your deck, summon a speedroid synchro monster with the same level as a return monster from your extra deck, its effects negated. That's pretty much just a free tuner, because a lot of the uh, speedroid synchros are, uh, that are low level are all tuners. Yeah, so target one speedroid monster. And so you can target any speedroid monster in your graveyard. It doesn't have to be like a synchro or anything like that. So you can just, like, if you have like a level. So so you can do this with this guy because he's level three. Yes. So you can shuffle, except the turn that he was sent there, you can shuffle him back into the deck. And then you can go ahead and grab the level three synchro that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Yes. Um, Interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, moving on to th- uh, the, the, ex- the exact monster we were just talking about, High Speedroid Cork Blaster. It's a level three synchro tuner. Yep. When it's synchro summoned, you add a Speedroid spell or trap to your hand, or you can, uh, or you can uh, special summon all the Speedroid materials you use to summon this thing. So if you use nothing but Speedroids to synchro summon this thing, you can just immediately bring them back. Uh, and then just immediately go into a uh, level 6 play, possibly, depending upon what you use. Honestly, you might not even... Um, you might not even all the way need to... You might not even need those effects. You might just need the levels and that is a tuner. Oh yeah, very much so. The, the, but I guess if you hard summon him... Yeah, the, the, the effect is also just kind of a bonus. The, whole, the big thing is he's a level 3 synchro tuner. Right. What else we got? Uh, and then we're moving on to the big thing. High Speedroid Clearwing Rider. It is a bike. It's well, a very big bike. It's yes. 3,500 attack, level 11 wind synchro effect. Yep. Machine. It's effect. Uh, once per turn, roll a dice. Roll a d6. Uh, shuffle wind monsters from your graveyard up to the result. Then you can destroy uh, that many cards. However many cards you return back to your deck, you destroy that many cards on the field. And he gains 500 attack for each card destroyed. Um, so, at most, that's an extra 3k. Yeah. Um, at worst, it's uh, an extra 500. At absolute worst. Yeah, I mean, you can... First of all, you get to recycle your speed roid monsters. Mm-hmm. 
and then you get to pop cards on your opponent's field. That's honestly insane. Oh, yeah. And then it's Quick Effect. It has a Quick Effect. During your opponent's main phase, Quick Effect. Tribute. You can tribute it, and then you can immediately tag into two level 7 Wind Synchro Monsters, a different name out of your extra deck. That's really interesting. I don't necessarily know how, like, how great this is, but I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it would let you, um, like, my first immediate thought was that would let you grab Clear Wing Synchro Dragon, because he's level 7, and that also lets you grab um, the Et Ignister Pegasus. Yeah, and then there's one more monster that we've got here, which is the level 10 Wind Dragon Synchro Effect. This is not a speed word card. This is just uh, Crystal Clear Wing Synchro Dragon. Uh, 3,000 attack. Uh, so there, we had Crystal Wing Synchro and we had Clear Wing Synchro. This is Crystal Clear Wing Synchro. Uh, material, one tuner monster, one non-tuner Clear Wing monster. Um, once per turn, or one tuner Synchro, so formula and... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once per turn, when your opponent activates a monster effect, quick effect, you can make this card gain attack equal to that monster's original attack until the end of turn. And if you do, this card is unaffected, uh, unaffected by your opponent's activated monster effect this turn. Interesting. So, it could make it immune to Dragoon. And, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, it can make it immune to a lot of things. Right. Once per turn, when a spell or trap card or effect is activated, quick effect, you can negate the activation if you do destroy that card. Pretty good. If this synchro summon card you control is sent to the graveyard by an opponent's card, you can add one win monster from your deck to your hand. Also pretty good. So, uh, some good cards, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, then there's, there's also a trap. Yes, there's a brand new trap. Uh, Speed Roy to Duplegate, I believe is how it's now. Is it Duple or Duplegate? I think it's Duplegate because it's a duplicate. Yeah. Duplicate. That's, the pun, that's the pun they're going with. It's a, yeah. gate, it's a duplicate gate. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, it is a normal trap card. Uh, mm -hmm. Upon activation, you banish a wind monster from your graveyard um, to return uh, one of your opponent's cards back to their hand. It's, and it's any card, not just a monster. Yeah, it's... So it's like compulse on steroids. Yeah, it's a slightly better compulse, but it has a cost. The That's not the, that's not the important bit. The important bit is its graveyard effect. During your main phase, if it's in your graveyard, you can target one speedroid monster you control, reduce this level by one, then special summon this card as a normal monster, machine tuner, Wind, level 1, with zero attack and defense. It's kind of insane, honestly. Oh, yeah. that, 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 that That's once per duel, but even so, it's one, insane. Once per duel, you can just synchro summon with the whatever levels you have on board. If you have, like, if you have Magical Hound, you bring this thing out, and then you immediately go into... That's the 3. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, though. You can immediately go into the level 3 tuner, um... And then, like, I mean, hard synchro summon it. It's effect to bring back the uh, Magical Hound, Sync 6. And that's just me coming up, right, you know, just right off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, you can literally just normal summon Magical Hound, send that card, foolish that particular yeah. trap card, and then activate the trap card, summon it, and then you instantly, just like that, have, it's a one card uh synchro into the cork blaster which is level three yeah and then you can use cork blaster's effect to bring back the hound level six synchro right there yeah um i have no idea where the deck would go from here but that's just me thinking right off the top of my head that's some crazy link climbing and even then that's only and even that's that's or just, not even link climbing synchro climbing yeah but say that's not link climbing, yeah. synchro climbing i'm sorry i'm very tired from work nah, today. It's, it's fine um 
but yeah, that's that's pretty much all for the new Speedroid stuff. It's that's that's gonna be really interesting. Um, moving on, uh, in a future set, the OCG is getting the Curry Bros. <laughs> um, is it Curry? Okay, so I, I love these names. I kind of want to say these names: Curry Ba, Curry B, Curry Boo, and Curry Beh. Yep. Um. So their that's whole hilarious. so their whole their whole shtick their whole plan is to get all five of them on the board at the same time, and then uh, Curry. Curry Ba's effect lets you tribute all five to special summon um, a new monster called Curry Babylon. Level five, 1500 attack, 1500 defense. Um, and then for each copy of Curry Bo, Curry Ba, Curry B, Curry Boo, and Curry Ba in the graveyard, it gains 500 attack. So it can run itself up to like, what, 4k? Uh, just immediately on summon, if you use uh, Curry Ba's effect, that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 times 500. 25. 25 would, yeah, right, immediately fit uh, a level 4k, level 5 monster. Um, in addition, he has a quick effect where you can return to your hand to re-special summon out all those five monsters out of your graveyard. I mean, it's fun, and they're really cool looking. They're all like rainbow color. Yeah, they're very... adorable. Yeah, it's very cool. It's a very cool looking archetype. It's very like oh, yeah, DM centric, but oh, yeah, it's, I just don't know how like really viable it is in a competitive sense. It probably isn't. I mean, we could also be completely wrong, and it, it ends up becoming becoming a tier one deck for all we know. I doubt that. I doubt <laughs> that. But um, based on what else is in the meta right now, I don't think that's really going to be. It will be relevant. Yeah. Um. It'll be fun. Yeah. I mean. There's nothing wrong. That's like that's like the tune deck. Like yeah. tunes are fun. They're not really competitive or good. They have some broken cards. Oh, absolutely. But um, they're mainly just fun. You might be able to win a local with it. Maybe. Uh, it depends it depends on your what your lo- depend on your local scene, of course. Uh, yeah. I mean, cuz one of the locals we go to that uh, you go to anyway have what five Eldritch players. Yeah, there's like there's only like 8 to 10 players. And it's, like, there's, like, four or five Eldritch, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, but, I mean, it's a fun, regardless, it's worth just collecting them all, because they all look, they're really cute, they're really cool, and they're really fun. Oh, yeah. So, even if they're not hyper-competitive, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you just like Karibo, just for the funsies. Okay, uh, next, we have a new, another new card from the Cyber Strike Structure Deck. Uh, Cyber Dark World. It's a continuous spell card. Once per turn, you can add a Cyber Dark monster from your deck to your hand with a different name from any of the Cyber Darks engraved. So, if you have, let's say, Cyber Dark Horn engraved, you cannot search Cyber Dark Horn, but you can still search out Cyber Dark Edge or Keel. Right. That's not the good effect. The good effect is, uh, as long as this card is facing on the field, whenever one of your Cyber Dark effects go off to attempt to equip something out of your graveyard to it, mm-hmm. you can instead equip something out of your opponent's graveyard to it. Hmm. So just... Seems st- good. Oh yeah, just stealing your opponent's uh, monster they, that they intend to uh, recur next turn. Can't recur it if it's equipped to one of your cyber darks. No, that, that would make it things difficult. Oh yeah. Uh, then we have another new trap card, Declaration of Rebirth, which is an amazing name for a card that's going to be Broken. Broken. So, what it does is, uh, once per turn, and you can activate this during either player's turn. It's a trap card. It's a, tra- so. it's a continuous trap card. You declare one type. All monsters in the graveyard are that type until the end of the turn. So, the first thought that a lot of people had when they saw this card was it kind of breaks Buster Blader. Because 
Buster Blader in the archetype, if you just declare dragon, everything in the graveyards become dragon. So, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'll be honest, I haven't read most of the Buster Blader, Blader cards, but I do know that dragons can't activate their effects. So, if all the cards in the graveyard are dragon, I mean, it just locks your opponent out. And then, you can they can just everything be dragon on your opponent's turn, and then during your turn. You could just declare something that's beneficial to you, or just not declare anything at all. Right. And then, next turn, just keep it going. Um, it's kind of insane, but there are other applications, too, outside of just Buster Blader. Oh, yes. Um, I've already seen somebody already do an Exodia FTK with it. Uh, granted, it requires you have uh, have, an, have, have a very specific hand of five exact cards. Those cards are Exodia. You have to already have Exodia. In <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, it's like Foolish Burial. Um, a one-of. Yeah, a one-of. An Exodia uh, piece. Uh, you don't need any Exodia pieces. No, what I'm saying is, like, if you're trying to already have a one-of in your five-card hand, you may as well just say I. you have to have five Exodia pieces. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? pretty much. Um, but it's like... Super Rejuvenation. Yeah, Super Rejuvenation, uh, Dragoonity Darkspear, uh, Temple of the Kings, and this card. So Temple of the Kings lets you activate trap cards from your hand, continuous trap cards anyway, from your hand. You can just pop on the field like it's a continuous spell. That's what that's for. Uh, so basically, you Foolish Burial out a Dragoonity Darkspear, then activate Super Rejuvenation. Dragoonity Darkspear, uh, then you activate Temple of the Kings, and... Uh, the Declaration of Rebirth. So what you're going to read Darkspear is that you can do something, I'm not 100% sure on this, but you send it to the graveyard, especially on a winged beast. Mm -hmm. You declare a winged beast, and you just sit there and cycle over and over again the two Dragoonity Darkspears to special summon the one, the winged beast one in grave over and over until you've done it exactly 35 times. Draw your whole deck. In phase, you just pick up your entire deck, you win because you have all five pieces of Exodia in your hand. It's not gonna, it's it's funny, but it's never gonna actually function. It's hilarious. Yeah. I and, can't, I, re, I was on Twitter and I, earlier and I saw, because this, this card just got announced today. Yeah. And I was and, on Twitter looking at it and I was like, that seems broken. Everyone's freaking out, this card's insane. And I was like, it seems broken, but what are the actual practical applications of it? Well, the there we go. yeah, well, let's see. The first yeah, that was one application, and that 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 was, you know, within what tw less than twenty four hours of it exi of its uh, existence being known. Right. However, in an actual gameplay state where there is, you know, not that kind of, I'm going to F Exodia FTK you kind of right. jank. Um, my first thought is. If your deck relies on a specific typing in grave, for it, my my first thought is Dragonlink because I'm a Dragonlink player. Right. Um. You flip that to Claire Warrior. Right. I can't red MD out of my graveyard anymore. Pisky can't summon out of graveyard anymore. And that it becomes a floodgate. Yeah, it becomes a floodgate. Um. But that's uh that's just the first two cards I think of. Right. Uh, I mean, think about how Zombie World impacts the game, and all it does is change everything to zombie. Yeah. Now, Matt, it, but it's it changes, brutal. but it changes on field and in grave. Yeah. Regardless, even yeah. so, like you understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, yeah, imagine being able to shut out zombies of their uh, graveyard effects that specify zombies. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's it would be brutal. Oh yeah. So that's that shenanigan. So that's going to be fun if the TCG ever gets it. Yeah. It's I don't know. So. We just 
we got a, we got a bunch of new cards today, and we, you know we wanted to let you people know all about oh, yeah. it. Um, the next thing we want to talk about is a Chalice Slime Monthly, and this is a uh, 128 man tournament that's put on uh, every month by the popular Twitch streamer and YouTuber MBT. Uh, he it's all EDO Pro based, but it's got free admission, prizing, and live commentary. This was the same, this all took place this past Sunday, which I believe was the 9th, uh, the same day as Top Cut of the LCS, so this was Ancient Guardians legal, and it was interesting. There was one Sulfacore player, one Earth's Arctic player, who both went 1-4, and four, and one Ogdoatic, or Snek player, <laughs> who went 0-3. Oh yeah. So... I mean, it was there. Out of 128 players, there was a combined three, but it was there. Yeah, it existed. So, uh, as far as the total representation of what was in the tournament, you have to remember this. With this, with admission being free to this, some people don't take it quite as seriously. So, you you can only put so much stock into these results. And the representation, but total representation, Dogmatic at ten percent, Eldritch six uh, percent, Bird up at five, Dino at five, Shadal at five, Dragonlink at five, four. I'm sorry, Shadal's at four, Dragonlink's at four, Phantom Knights at four, Mordulches at four, and other is fifty eight percent of the field. More than half of the field is other, because Jank is rampant in these kinds of tournaments. Oh yeah, people. People in this kind, this kind of tournament where the mission is three, people will play the kind of uh, decks they think is fun rather than what will win. Because what what's the you know what's the worst case scenario if they lose? Yeah, there's really not anything wrong with that. I mean, I enjoy it when things are like that. I think that there every format needs a certain amount of randomness. And right now, normally you can get that randomness from like regionals because every weekend there's uh, Buku regionals uh, in an, a normal format. Just like every month you have one to two YCSs. Plus then this time of year people are prepping for nationals and stuff. And with us not having that, this right here gives us that fun sense of, you know, getting to oh. try out you know, crazy decks. Oh yeah. Uh, so for the top 16, we had four Eldlich, two Altergeist, Two Invoked Dogmatica Shadal, one D-Link, one Madolce, one Drytron, one Grin Maju, one Salaman Great, one Time Thief, a Zodiac, and a Cyber Dragon deck. Lots of one-ofs there. Yeah, just off the top, I think it's hilarious that in Top 16 there was exactly one D-Link player. But it only represented 4% of the field in a 128-man tournament. So, yeah. And then the one Grin Maju, one Madolce, one Salad, hilariously one Time Thief deck. Only one Zodiac, one Cyber Dragon, lots of jank. But then two Alter Guys, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, Invoke Dogmatica Shadal. That deck's, that deck's so wild. Um, but the things that really stand out to me here are the four Eldlich and the one Drytron. And I know that the Drytron... So for the, I say when we say Eldlich, keep in mind every one of these Eldlich decks was different. Oh yeah, it's Eldritch 
variants. These are all the decks that have Eldritch stuff in them in the back. They have the engine. Just yeah. there's it's not a whole Eldritch deck. Yeah, yeah. But then it's got other stuff going on as well. Right. What kind of Eldritch decks were they? Well, um, I was actually about to get into the first place deck, which is Prank Kids Eldritch, or as some people like to call it, Prank Lich. And by some people, we mean the people in the comment section on Reddit, because this is the first of the time this has ever happened. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was by the player known as Bokemon, uh, I believe. Bokemon? Bokemon? It's Bokemon. Second place was an Altergeist deck by Raska43. And third and fourth place was an Orcust Eldritch by Shrug and a D- and the D-Link by BurritoMan93. So, for sure we have Prank Kid Eldritch and Orcust Eldritch. Was, were the other two, like, wild, or were they? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the deck lists. Um, Fair enough. I, I'm, it was probably, it was probably like, Shadal Eldritch or something like that, maybe. See, considering the uh, Prank Glitch and Orcust Eldritch. Yeah. Let's talk about that Drytron deck. This is weird, bro. Yes, it had a two-card extra deck. Yeah. Not 15, two. Yeah, not two special cards, just two cards total. Yes. Uh, and then it had two more in the ex- in the in the side deck for it to switch around depending upon the matchup. The two cards were number C1, Numeron Chaos Gate Sunya, and number 78, number Archive. So, the reason why he had this set up was he would activate uh, number 78's effect which tags itself out to special summon a number card between number 1 and number 99. Right. He brings out number C1, Numeron, case, uh, Numeron Chaos Gate, Sunya. So not necessarily a number between 1 and 99, but it has to have a number between 1 and 99. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah it's got to be number number 1, number C1, number whatever. It's, as long as yeah. it's a number blank and between 1 and 99, even if it's got a C or a S or whatever, it, right. can, it, can, you know, it can pump it out. Uh, Sunya's effect to... Banish the entire field except itself. Which it, good. Yeah, which is a slightly better Zeus. It's just harder to make. And then during the end phase, because of the effect of uh, of uh, number archive, it, it gets banished. And then that effect affects the effect of Sunya, who then just immediately breathes special summons itself. And then you can field wipe again. And again. So it lets you cycle... Not just field wipes in the sense of, um, not just like send all cards. It's not it's not like Zeus where it just sends everything to the graveyard. It banishes everything, which is wild. Oh yeah, and then the two uh, side deck extract monsters were uh, num uh, was number ninety two Heart Earth Dragon, which you'd switch out for the C one uh, when going against Eldritch, and then if you're going against and uh, if you're going against Dino, you switch out the uh, number C1 for number 41, the Goose of the Terribly Tired Tapir. Um, to kind of, so, that way you can, so that way you can just make the uh, Numeron, not Numeron Gate, the uh, number archive and make that immediately to be able to kind of help you out whatever situation you're in. Okay, so you, you kind of bounce them back and forth depending on your matchup. It, exactly, but for most matchups, it's pretty much just Sonya Gate. Man, you would think that it would just be better. Like, I understand that this particular, like, when it goes off, is better than Zeus. But, like, you would think that Zeus would just kind of be better because it, having a full extra deck of cards has got to be more versatile than just having the one card. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. It, yeah, no. It, you're, you're sacrificing 13 cards in your extra deck for this. It was definitely funny. It's definitely funny when it goes off. It's definitely interesting. Um... The reason why he only has the two cards in the extra deck to begin with 
is because your opponent gets to pick it. Gets to uh, pick what number monster you pull out. Right. And there is something to be said for there is a certain amount of utility with Drytron specifically. Because Sonya is a 2000 attack machine monster. So it can be tributed for uh, a ritual summon. Yeah. And then you can use Banish it with Draconids, which then immediately brings it back. Yeah. It seems, I mean, it seems... It's a new take on it, which is always welcome, but I don't know how good it is compared to a traditional extra deck. Yeah, I mean, in my personal opinion, a traditional extra deck is definitely better because, again, you get more, you can get a lot more utility out of it, but it's definitely something different and interesting, and that's what I like about it. Yeah. Uh, the next thing is we have the Remote Dual Extravaganza Europe that is coming up this weekend, which is May 15th and 16th. Um, Pretty much expecting the same old, same old stuff, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but I'm expecting we'll see a little bit more prank kids since it did just get that top. It's gotten two tops in a row now, huh? Um. Well, I know it got. Well, I guess you could say it, it was one of the winning decks for the Chalice line. It was Prank Kid Eldritch. So, and then it did win the LCS just outright. Two out of the top three decks. Yeah. So we're probably gonna see more prank kids. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is good. Uh, you know, it, it'll definitely mix up the D-Link, Shadal and Vogue Dogmatica, and Eldritch tops we've been we've seen in the past. Right. So we're pretty much expecting Top Cut at this event to be D-Link, Eldritch and Eldritch variants, Zodiac and Zodiac variants, because that could involve Pure oh. Zoo, Tribrigade mm-hmm. Zoo, Eldritch, whatever. And then Invoke Shadal Dogmatica, and then Prank Kids. Are, are, are we... Do we feel like prank kids are like a top five deck right now? Oh, easily. I, I would I would uh, argue it's it's in the top three at this point. Um, but before you know, I, I would have thought you're crazy for saying that. But after seeing what it's done, it's kind of proven itself. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and the last deck I think we, as long as there's a combo build a board deck, Dino will be there to break that board. Oh, absolutely. That's that's what Dino does. Um, as long as there's a combo to break. It's going to break that combo. Yeah, it's... And it's not just about interrupting and breaking the combo, but Dino will let you build your entire board and then just break your board, which is... It's intimidating. Yeah, rather than bothering to attempt to stop it, they'll just let you... Let you do you, boo, and then just make you cry. Right. Have you read Misk? Uh, give me a prediction on the winner. What, do, what deck do you think wins the whole thing? Well, that depends. If people um, properly prepare for Prank Kids, Prank Kids I won't even make it in the top. But that's if people properly prepare for it. If they don't, it's going to top. Um, and it's not just about it topping, though. I mean, w- yeah. will it have okay. the power to win the event? I can't say right now at this point. I I really can't tell. Um. I don't think Dragon Link's going to get is going to get first, mm-hmm. just due to everyone knows to expect it. <clears throat> but even when people know to expect it, everybody expects Dragon Link at this point. The deck still got uh, online; it's got like something around a seventy percent win rate. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I mean, if you look at the past couple of tournaments we've had, yes, Dragon Link has topped, and yes, it was on the winning team against the Prank Kids. Well, with the uh, Prank Kids for the three v three tournament. But besides literally that, when has it ever gotten first? 
I mean, he's gotten first in multiple LCS yes. throughout the last several formats. So. Yes, but I mean... The deck did take a backseat during the Virtual World formats because the deck has trouble with True Kings. You know. What deck doesn't have issues with True King? Exactly. But before that, it was the top deck. And then once Link Cross and uh, Dragon Buster Destruction Sword got banned, once those cards got banned, they took a format or two to refigure their combo lines, realize what the new combo lines were and what the new end board was. They put in the Dragon Maid, the Chamber Dragon Maids, and once they figured out the Dragon Maid package with the and really figured out what their end board is, it really made the deck. It's it's taken off. It's really gone into another onto another level. Oh yeah. Um. Oh yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's all true and all that. But like I said, in the past couple of tournaments, it's it's gotten you know it's made it to day two. It's gotten tops. Hasn't gotten first yet. Um. So like, it's so fifty percent chance in my eyes. It's it's just going to continue doing what it's doing. Where it's you prepare for it or you lose to it, but it's always going to get top cup, but never first. Or it'll finally actually eke out a first place. The best players are will be in top cut, and the best players know how to stop the deck, where to properly hand trap it, where to drop the Nibirus, where to play the Torrentials, where to ash, where to ash. All of those things are relevant. Um, so, with that being said, you don't think D Link wins the tournament? No, I don't think it's going to get first. My hot take is that I think Invoke Shadal Dogmatica wins the tournament off the back of Winda. Mm, not necessarily off exclusively the back of Winda, but Winda is going to be a big part of it. It's going to be off the back of Winda plus Makaba or Kaliga with all of the um, Dogmatica stuff to fall back on should that fail. And even not necessarily with that, but the deck... The power ceiling on that deck is insane. That that's got to be one of the most toolboxy decks of the format. Because no matter what you do, the deck has a response. The deck has a play. The deck can always make a play. So, I I think the deck is wild. It's honestly insane. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you there. I don't think there's a situation in the meta right now that that it could come across and it not have some kind of answer to. Right. Um, whether it's just. I mean, whether that's just kind of ignore whatever's in front of it or deal with whatever in front of it. it it's right. got it's got plans for both paths. All right, let's let's move on to hit this last topic we want to hit, which we say is the last topic, but it's also the largest by far. What oh, we wanted, absolutely. what we wanted to do was we wanted to do a full breakdown of all of the major accessories that people buy for this game, which are the, the main four are your sleeves, first and foremost. That's what your that's your first line of defense against damage on your cards. Sleeves, deck boxes, play mats, and binders. And you have lots of different options for all of these. And we wanted to kind of do the Idiot's Guide to, to Yu-Gi-Oh! Accessories. That way, somebody can listen to this and say, Oh, okay. If I want to buy sleeves in this price point, a playmat in this price point, a deck box for this quality, 
and a binder for this quality and price point, I can do all of that. This is the guide to listen to to get all of that information. Oh, yeah. Or just kind of help people who are like, I want to get in the game, but I don't know how. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to properly protect my cars. Yeah, and like that. this this is for this is also good, great for y'all. Right. This is pretty tailored. So the first thing we want to talk about is your sleeves, and the biggest thing is, especially with sleeves, we 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 priced an enormous amount of stuff for this. I mean, dozens of products. And the biggest thing we found is that with sleeves, do not buy them on Amazon. We know that it's tempting to buy everything on Amazon. Everything's supposedly cheaper there. Sleeves are double in price on Amazon, what they can be in your In a lot of cases. Uh, They're insane. The cheapest I saw was still 50% above where you could buy it if you went somewhere else. Yeah, so... What the best places I've found and the best prices I've found on sleeves are at my local game store. So support your local game store. Get out there and, you know, get your sleeves there. Get your product there. Get get the things that you can buy at a competitive price. Buy them there, you know. Support your local game store for more than just your tournament entry. Oh, yeah. Um, and if you go there and there's not a whole lot of people there, you can ask when do they do whatever trading card tournament you're interested in. Ask them if they, you know, when do they do like local terms, stuff like that. Show right. up on that day, talk to the people. I'm sure they'd be, uh, I'm sure they would very much help you out with as much information as any, any probably anything you could possibly ask. Um, you know, in addition to anything we tell you. Right. So with the sleeves for Yu-Gi-Oh, your standard Yu-Gi-Oh size, well, I say your standard, your Yu-Gi-Oh size, which is Japanese size sleeves, quote unquote, are 59 by 86 millimeter. They're smaller than what's known as the standard size, which is Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, stuff put out by Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, uh, baseball cards, football right. cards. Those use what's called a standard size sleeve, which is the American size sleeve. And Yu-Gi-Oh! uses Japanese slides, yeah. size. Um, so they're also called mini and small. Yeah, that depends on the company. Um, so you'll have to really look into that. But as long as it'll fit a 59 by 86 millimeter card... It'll work just fine. Right. Um, your main... So, there's some... There's, sleeves have a lot to them that a lot of people don't realize. So, your, your main brands are Dragon Shield, Ultimate Guard, Ultra Pros, and then you can also get, like, the Konami official sleeves, ones that are actually Yu-Gi-Oh! sleeves. Um... But they're all kind of they all kind of vary in both um, price and quality. Um, my personal preference is Dragon Shields. They're kind of, in my opinion, just the best sleeve there is. They're about seven bucks a pack, which is kind of on the high side, even for a local game store. Seven dollars is pretty expensive for sleeves, but they're really worth it to me. They hold up extremely well. I, I do a sleeve. Everything that's meta relevant, all my side deck stuff, everything, it's all sleeved up in Dragon Shield Apple Green. I mm-hmm. just, it's what I do. Uh, I the only reason, like the only real reason why I use the Ultra Pro Eclipses is just due to I was able to buy a bunch of them at our Walmart. Right, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, especially for us because our local game store is like over an hour away. So, but the main thing is. The Dragon Shields, they hold up really well. They're they're good sleeves. Oh, yeah. 
Um, now, just for uh, the co- the comparison there, um, the Dragon Shields you said were seven dollars a pack. You get sixty yeah. sleeves in a pack. Yeah. Just for comparison, Ultra Pro Eclipse, the ones I normally use, are five dollars a pack, and you still only get sixty cards, uh, sixty sleeves per pack. Most most Yu Gi Oh are going to be sixty sleeves per pack. Yeah. Um, and then you can also get Ultra Pro Matt, which is a um, which don't have. The difference between the Ultra Pro Matt and the Ultra Pro Eclipse is that the Eclipse have double backing. So, like, the front side of the back and yeah. the back side are two different colors. Right, and that's to prevent bleed through. So you, Ex- yeah. Especially if you get, like, um, a white uh, back. If you just want a reason, like, a white backing. If you get a white backing Matt, uh, Matt sleeve, that's M-A-T-T-E, not M-A-T. Right. Um, it'll kind of, the back of the actual card itself will kind of bleed through and... That, that could get you a game loss in some places, so you got to watch for that. Right. Uh, the Matt Sleeves are about $6 a pack, and again, you can still get the 60, 60 yeah. Sleeves. I really, really, really hate the Ultra Pro Eclipses. I really hate them. I mean, I, that's that's perfectly fair. Um, I have strong opinions on Ultra Pro yeah, Sleeves. Yeah, no, no, that that's fair. Um, I mean, okay, so back when we were first playing in... Uh, back in Plant Synchro... All the way up until all the way up until Dragon Ruler comment, uh, Dragon Ruler uh, format, com- yeah, format. I don't know why I said comment format. Um, Ultra Pro Matt was the sleeve to get, uh, and then somewhere along the line, uh, something changed somewhere, and now Dragon Shield has upped their game, and Ultra Pro seems to have dropped the ball. Yeah, I'm not sure quite when that happened. Somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere in between, when we left the game, when we came back, yeah. I don't know if Ultra Pro's quality dropped or everything else got better. But to me, I I, I don't I don't like Ultra Pro as much anymore. I don't feel like yeah. they hold up as well as Dragon Shields. I hate the little silver dot on the mats, and I really hate the Ultra Pro Eclipses. I feel like they wear out so fast. Oh, they absolutely do. And this and is when com- they wear out, they clump yeah. badly. Um, now something else you do have to keep in mind. Now something else I have to keep in mind with the quality is also the shuffle feel, is what I like to call it. Right. Um. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, then the Konami sleeves are about seven dollars per pack. They're collectible, so they tend to go up in price after they come out of print, so upwards of fifty dollars, depending upon what waifu is on them. Yeah, the some of them get like really expensive, but uh, with the with the Konami sleeves specifically. You have to really be careful kind of what you buy because there's the TCG and the OCG. And if you're going to buy the Konami sleeves, I really recommend buying the OCG. They are triple or quadruple in price, but they are absolutely worth it because they are it's, – it's the same artwork, but it's twice or three times as high and higher in quality. And a lot of times, if you order online, when you buy the, uh, when you buy the OCG sleeves, you get – They'll send you a pack of oversleeves with it. Oh yeah, which is that, something we'll get into in a minute. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, but I mean that's just in general with Konami and their products. Is the TCG is the OCG version is always higher quality than the TCG version. Right. Uh, let's see, and then you wanted to go over uh, what brand now? The Ultimate Guard. Yes, Ultimate Guard. I really like the Ultimate Guards. Uh, I've only bought a couple of packs. The packs that I bought, I bought at Pandemonium Games in New Orleans. Shout out. And I got them for like $4 a pack. 60, 60 sleeve packs. They're Ultimate Guard Supremes. I don't know if that's normal price for them. I don't, I have no idea. And I could honestly be remembering the price wrong. But like six months ago. But 
those Ultimate Guard Supremes have been amazing sleeves. They really have. I, I don't have a year or two years of using them to, you know, keep in mind. Yeah. I don't have that much time with these sleeves. I only got a few months with them, but and we're talking about completely sleeving my goat decks and lasting for quite a while. And not only that, but the shuffle feel is amazing. The only issue is that they show glare really hard if you're remote dueling. So, which is very important if you have to remote duel. Right. So, um, the only other thing you need to remember is the next or the last thing to talk about is double sleeving, which when you double sleeve, you need to decide if you're going to oversleeve or undersleeve. Undersleeve is going to be a perfect fit sleeve that, well, fits your card perfectly. Yeah. Um, the idea is that you put your card in upside down in that sleeve, and then you put the oversleeve on top of it, so that way the openings are on opposite ends. The idea is to help keep dust and debris from getting in, getting into the sleeve and damaging the card, but then also from the top of the card getting damaged. Just and it also causes, well, forms a liquid seal, so you, water true. doesn't get through or something. But yeah, um... One issue you'll have with double sleeving is that air pockets get trapped in there. That's easily taken care of just by kind of squeezing the card. Yeah, I don't, I don't like double sleeving very specifically. I don't like the, I don't like the perfect fit sleeves on my card. Personally, I've had an issue where I tried to put a card in a perfect fit sleeve and it was so tight of a fit that it didn't want to go in the sleeve and like I like I bent a card. Yeah, it's just terrible feeling. It's a very tight fit. Um. I personally use uh, the Ultra Pro Generic Clear Sleeves, mm-hmm. um, which are a little bit cheaper. Um, they're about like four to eight bucks for yeah. the seven, depending on where you get them. They're not as tight, but they're still small enough to then go into like an Ultra Pro or a uh, Dragon Shield sleeve without any kind of issues. Right. I, if I were to double sleeve, I would try to use the uh, the KMC fits. The KMC character guards. Yes, that is, in my opinion, the ideal oversleeve. They're about ten bucks a pack, and they're matte. Do, yeah, they're very nice. You you put your normal sleeve in. So, like, if you get the nice OCG high quality sleeves, I recommend this to protect the sleeves, not just the card. Mm-hmm. If you invest in those high quality sleeves, you put the, your card in the regular sleeve, and you put it in the oversleeve, and the oversleeves are usually clear. You can see the artwork of the card, and that'll allow you to protect your sleeves, protect your cards, and, I mean, in my opinion, it just does a spectacular job at that. Oh, yeah, and if you do get oversleeves, make sure they're they're matte, M-A-T-T-E. That's very important because that gives you that nice shuffle feel where everything doesn't stick together. Right. Okay, moving on from sleeves, the next part is deck boxes. Right. Uh, first off, at your local Walmart, you can probably find some Ultra Protect boxes. They're like three bucks. Sometimes you get some free sleeves with them. Those are standard size, just FYI. They're cheap, but they get the job done. There's really not much more to say about that. Yeah, it's the lowest price point of deck box. They really like that. That's that's the description. They're really cheap. They will break, but. They do a great job of doing the job that you expect of them. Oh, yeah. Um, and like I said, because they're so cheap, you can, as soon as one breaks, you just go get a new one. Yeah, and I think you can find, like, value packs of these on, yeah, of like, like an- these it's okay to buy on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, card sleeves, don't buy on Amazon. All the rest of stuff, you can probably get a good deal on Amazon. Like, on Amazon, I remember seeing a five-pack of these for five like 10, bucks. Fifteen bucks. Yeah, yeah. Ten, like five, ten, fifteen dollars. Yeah, it's they're not expensive. You can you can get really good deals in this kind of stuff. Anything that they can buy like in bulk like this. Yeah. 
Uh, um, then you have the Monster Brand deck boxes. Um, the, they have single, and they also have what's called a double deck box. Right, which is side by side. It's got it has slots for two deck boxes in one. I actually have one hilariously that I forgot until just now sitting over there. It's five. Yeah, yeah. It, and a monster makes all kinds of uh, weird deck boxes like that where it's just a ridiculous amount of car- deck decks you can stick in there. The yep. idea behind a double deck box is uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh! That gives you one side for your main deck and then the other side for your extra and your side deck, which are going to be in uh, two different kinds of sleeves. I'm actually a really, really big fan of monster products. I have... Two of those monster double deck boxes sitting right here on my desk by my computer. And then I have the 5 by monster deck box, which is all um, all various different oh, yeah. decks that I have built. And the double deck boxes I find personally very convenient because you can... First of all, I find them very sturdy. The plastic is like a good hard plastic. And, and it's thick as compared to... It's very, very thick. And... You, it leaves me enough room for my full main deck on one side, and then my extra and side deck on the other. With I can and I can hold some dice in that side. And that yeah, other and some tokens and whatever. Right. So, and it's got a uh, magnetic clip, does it not? Uh, yeah. So it's it's got a magnetic holder on it to keep yeah. it closed. Um. So you can so you so even if you drop it, your cards aren't just going to go spilling out everywhere. Right. So, um, this. Is really it's really nice. I feel like this is like the best value on all of these deck boxes because they're like ten to fifteen bucks, depending upon the color. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> because some colors are more popular, they get sold out. So price, you know, supply and demand. You know how you know you all know how it, that works. It's kind of weird. It's almost like there's like a limited supply on these things. They've been making them since I left the game like ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think, again, I think it's because those are really popular colors, so they get bought out. Yeah, like I, I had an orange when I left the game and I came back into the game and I bought literally the exact same orange deck box. It was ten bucks back then and it was ten bucks now. And then oh, I bought yeah. a green one and it was like twenty bucks. Weird. Oh, yeah. Um, then you also have the official Konami deck boxes. Right, they do make singles and doubles of those, uh, with both magnetic clips and non-magnetic yeah. clips. So um, they have, big you know, variance. Yeah, you have the single deck box for about ten. You have the doubles for about twenty. Um, they're about the same quality. As, they're a little bit higher quality than the uh, Ultra Pros you get from Walmart, but not as high quality as the Monster as far as the materials. Um, and it's also kind of painted on, so the paint chips after a while. Yeah, I've got one of those also sitting over there that the yeah. paints like rubbed off a lot from yeah. like in and out the backpack yeah. oh it yeah happens that uh actually that actually speaking of konami they also produce a fabric lined interior and fabric lined exterior um right deck these boxes are the, these but, are the kinds of deck boxes you would get if you like like if you win a regional oh yeah they perf- they give you a deck box and oh yeah and it and it says type. yeah and it says Yu-Gi-Oh regional whatever on it whatever and, year and stuff oh yeah yeah that that's really the only way to get those um you you can also buy them online, but you're going off secondhand because those are only bright, only given out as prizes. But they do have ones that are literally they they look just the same. They're built the same, same design where it's it's a flip open front on it with a removable tray that holds mm-hmm. probably it would probably hold a hundred cards, which makes sense for Yu Gi Oh because ninety cards would be a uh, or yeah ninety cards would be a sixty card main. 15 card extra and a 15 card side. So if it'll hold 90 to 100 sleeved cards, 
then that's good. So it'll hold like 90 sleeved cards, comes with a couple of dividers, and it has the removable card tray, and then on top of that it has the removable dice tray, and this mm-hmm. is all like magnetic flip open. So oh, yeah. it's kind of nice. Like I, like Caleb said, they're cloth lined, so they're really... They're, they feel good. Oh yeah. Um. And also the you know if there's a design on it, it doesn't get rubbed off all, uh, over time because it's right. Cloth. It can't get bleached by the sunlight, so be careful with that. Yeah. So these are gonna run you a little bit more money. These are gonna run that twenty five to thirty dollar price range, but it just kind of is what it is. The, oh, yeah. If you want more high quality stuff, you have to pay more. Oh yeah. Now if you want even higher quality this is like the super high-end stuff we're talking 40 bucks well if you're lucky if you're super lucky 40 dollars because the what we're talking about now is gem accessories um these are very nice they have what's called senpai deck boxes they make the takeout deck box kraken deck boxes they do all these very exclusive artworks and designs they sell on their website for like 35 38 40 dollars yeah but the problem is for example there was a senpai deck box that i wanted it was called the mother mary deck box it was retail i think was 40 dollars uh we bought me and austin bought ours online for 70 dollars each and we got a great price they normally retail for 150 each online after they've already sold out because they sell out you you can be on the website refreshing the page waiting for them to drop and he'll say on Twitter, they're dropping now. And when they drop, you have about 30 seconds. And then the site's completely so jammed that you have to be get, you have to get really lucky within that 30 seconds because they're sold out immediately. Oh, yeah. Which oh, is yeah. why they get scalped and priced out at 150 Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, let's and see. Then, and then you have the Ultimate Guard deck boxes. Um, Arc, and then there's also the Archive. A-R-K- made, by, made by Ultimate Guard. Yeah, uh, A-R-K-H-I-V-E. Um, and it's a deck box that is specifically designed to just hold more deck boxes. Right. It specifically holds the Ultimate Guard deck boxes. And it's, it's I mean, it's as wide and as big as a laptop. It's huge. Oh, yeah. But it'll either hold the individual cards or it'll hold entire deck boxes. It's super convenient. I have oh, yeah. friends um, that have them and they work great. Oh, yeah, they're perfect if, you, if you're one of those people who have five or six different decks they like to play and just switch around. Right. They are kind of pricier, though. I want to say they're somewhere in the 50 to $60 range yeah. for the archive. Oh, yeah. And then you obviously have to buy all the 20 to $25 deck boxes to yeah. fill it up. So, I mean, you could be... Yeah, but, if you, yeah, but if, you, uh, if you don't use the deck boxes, it holds over 800 cards. Yeah, you, you can actually just put the cards in there on their side, and oh, yeah. it holds them. It's, it's sized very well. Okay, huh, moving on. Uh, we're moving on to now playmats and playboards. So first off, playboards are produced only by Konami. Well, not only they're produced primarily by Konami in this uh, for Yu-Gi-Oh anyway, and they put those in like their legendary collection stuff like that. It's a little part plastic, not plastic, a uh, cardboard thing. That's a yeah, yeah. Um, they're not very good. They're not very durable. It's cardboard, so it if it gets wet, it's ruined. Um, over time, the it can scratch and. And they fold. And so they fold. if you fold it too much or if you fold it too much the wrong way or anything it'll like that, rip. it'll just rip. Yeah, They're not very good. They're cool looking. Don't get me wrong. They're really cool looking. 
they're they're more for display purposes than anything else. Yeah, at that point, you may as well just be playing on your kitchen table. Yeah, uh, and then you, then also by Konami, the all the structure decks and starter decks also come with a paper mat, right? Which has all the exact same issues, only it's made of paper. Uh, it's nice because these have like the zones on them and stuff like that, which yeah, is great for beginners. Oh yeah, yeah, they're perfect for people who are beginning, and they just kind of look cool. Yeah, I will give them that. They always look cool. Oh yeah. So, the next thing on the play mats is you have single player rubber back play mats or rubber play mats as people call them. Yes. So this is the very most common type of play mat that you'll see. They're even officially produced by Konami at some points. Uh, if you win a regional or if you get top cut at a regional or nationals or a YCS, this you get one of these um, play mats. Or if you're lucky and atten- or if you if you attend a sneak peek and are lucky to get one. Right, so these play mats are um, probably what do you think, eighteen inches by thirty, something like that. Eighteen by thirty-two, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're they're big enough to where you have your field in front of you, and then you got a little bit of space underneath it for your banished zone. If you want to fan out your graveyard, so you can look at all the cards in your graveyard at once. You got you got a little bit extra space beneath it, beneath the field to do stuff. Right. It's not just like for two rows of cards. You can hold like three and a half, four rows of cards. It, oh, yeah. it gives you lots of space, lots of space for activities. Yeah. So, but that's a that's what's called a single player play mat. It's really even though it's really big, it's really still only meant for one person to play on. Oh, yeah. So um, the rubber back mats, though, are nice because they have a cloth top to them, and the rubber back prevents it from slipping on tables and soft surfaces oh, yeah. and hard and it, surfaces. Oh, yeah. Um, the rubber backing also keeps it from kind of bunching up because the rubber backing forces it flat. Right. Um, after you kind of take your hand and kind of smooth it out. Right. Um, Some of these will have stitch edges, and that's to prevent the edges from fraying because where the rubber meets the cloth on the play mat on the very edges, there is a tendency for it to both fray and it'll um, kind of get a little wavy on the edges and that's just signs of years of wear and tear oh yeah but oh yeah no like um like i got the sneak peek mat for tachyon galaxy i think Mm -hmm. that thing lasted me about pretty much until we left the game right um you know that was two three years and by the end of its life it was starting to kind of wobble and starting to fray that right. the stitching prevents that and increases lifespan of your mat by a lot it really does these are these are like the go-to play mat though they really are and you see that reflected every tournament you go to i mean e- even they have mat tubes that are just made to protect and carry your play mats which and they is are, highly recommended yeah i i do recommend them they there are several different brands which we're not going to cover those today because we just have so much other stuff to oh, cover. Yeah. But um, th- those are actually sized specifically for one of these rolled up. Mm-hmm. So they're very, very prevalent in the you know the tournament atmosphere. Oh yeah. Um, now, I mean, as far as actually purchasing one, you can either earn one via win- you know Yu-Gi-Oh regional, blah blah blah. Um, or you can just go out and buy one. Um, you yep. can they range from about ten dollars for a solid color one that just says Ultra Pro on the side. Yep. Um, you can get them in red, blue, green, whatever. Um, and they go. I think the most expensive one I've ever seen was four hundred dollars. Oh wow! For the rubber back. Yeah, but it was um, it was like extra. It was, there was like five of them made or something. 
Oh, it's something outrageous with that. Yeah, 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 it was something ridiculous. Um, no, I remember now. It was a second hand, uh, of a brand we're, we're going to be talking about later. It was a double one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but these, you'll see a lot of like a lot of the famous YouTubers get their mats made on these, like Team Sam X One. His play mats are you can you're usually they're rubber backed play mats. And this is the single player version. Uh, Nim Nim, they they all get their playmats made like this. So, um, but the other ones that you can get is, and you can get those Ultra Pro ones for about like ten bucks on like like Amazon. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Or you know, you can just go support your local game store. Yeah, and a lot of the local game stores will actually have these used. Uh, you can get like the regional playmats and stuff like that lightly used for fifteen twenty bucks if you want with a cool oh, design. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Well, it also depends on on the individual uh, mat because some people want 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 the mat with their waifu on it or their archetype that they love. Yeah, or like from a very specific regional they went to. Yes, I have seen that countless times. Oh yeah. Um. So then those can go upwards of fifty, sixty, hundred and twenty dollars again, depending upon. Uh, like the. Uh, Dragon Maid mat is real expensive. I know yeah. this because I looked one up because I was curious. If they had one. I remember, uh, I'll never forget, well, a buddy of mine wanted to get the Mermail play mat from yes. the World Championship Qualify Nationals in 2013. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're like 90 to to 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, but the step up from this, the next price point would be the two-player play mats. So you can get those either rubber line, rubber-backed or not. So a rubber back two player play mat's gonna run you probably forty five fifty dollars, uh, and these two player play mats are exactly what they sound like. They're the size of, they're the width of what these one player play mats, but they're that square. So they're made for two people. They're maybe they're, they're perfect for like your kitchen table dueling. Right, thirty five um, by thirty five inches. There's no seams, so you and your opponent can just have all your extra monster zones and everything just seamless. It's very nice. Oh yeah. Like I said, it's perfect for uh, kitchen table dueling or or you show up to a tournament and your opponent doesn't have a mat. Right. And even if they do, just fold it over and then you've still got your own single player oh, mat. Yeah. It's the same size. Um, or you can just ask if they would rather just use the double, the, you know, two-player mat. Some I've done people, that many times. Yeah, some people are like, oh, yes, most definitely. Some people prefer not to. It, it comes down to personal preference. Never hurts to ask. Right. Uh, and the other thing, which is the last thing we're going to talk about here, is two-player cloth playmats. So you don't see very many one-player cloth playmats, but you see a lot of two-player ones. And what people do is they'll take usually take it and fold it over and make like a double thickness mat. They're really soft, they're really cushy, and usually they're made of like felt. Um, the most common ones that you see are, the, the super high-end ones are, for example, Pyramid, which is spelled P-V-R-R-A-I-M, something like that pervermid yeah it's not spelled py it's spelled pv yeah but those are like extremely high-end exclusive cloth playmats people love those and they sell out almost instantly right just like the gem accessories within five seconds yeah i mean with within within a minute of them going live they're they're gone um there's also meta mats i don't i think they offer a selection and then you've also got the holy grail 
of mats, which is Spellgrounds. Spellgrounds mats are insane. You can get, I got a really like beat up used one and I got that in, in a trade for $40. Um, brand new ones, it kind of depends. If you catch one on sale, like 80, 100 bucks, and then some of them are actually like considered better made. It's almost like wine where certain years, because Spellgrounds has like new designs that they come up with every season or whatever. And some designs in some seasons are considered better than others. So they have a much higher price point. They have Valentine's Day playmats, which are like pink. And they have Halloween ones, which are orange and black. But the holy grail of these playmats is the original 1994 Spellgrounds. They were made for Magic the Gathering tournaments in the early 90s. And they run for hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. But they exist. And they're, I mean, people goo-goo gaga over them saying that they're the softest and they're the best. I think a modern-day Spellgrounds is just as good. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, one issue you're going to have with the only cloth mask, the rubber backing, is that the edges will claw, will kind of, like, bunch, bunch up. You're not going to be able to get it flat. Yep. There are creases in it. Like, if yeah. you, like, fold it up to carry it in your backpack, you yeah. can't really roll these. You have to fold them. Yeah. Uh, they do get, like, creases and stuff. Oh, yeah. Something um, to be aware of. Yeah, that's... Oh, now, something else you can absolutely do is if you want to spend the 35 to $40 uh, or more, depending upon what you get, you can actually yeah. go onto a website and get one and get a and get a mat custom-made. Yeah, I think it's... What's the website for that? Is it inkgaming.com? Inkgaming.com. Yeah, you Not sponsored. Yeah. Hey, come on. Hit us up. Please. All you've got to do is, it's super easy. I, I haven't had one done, but I kind of like went through the process to see how it worked. You go on their website, you follow the, you know, follow the prompts through the site into the mat builder, and you can choose if you want it rubber backed or cloth, single player or two player, and stitched edges or non-stitched. And once you click all your options, you drag and drop your, uh, your, your picture into the box and it'll automatically fill it in and then they'll print your mat custom just one of a kind just for you made to order yep and ship it right to your front door and i think they can do like a two-player the rubber mats are a little bit more expensive just because of material costs yeah. i want to say a single player rubber mat is 35 40 bucks which yeah. is yeah again depending upon what materials um you can also tell them to print zones on it for you yeah, which for, is super handy. For any game, just for any card game, just about. Um, last yeah. time I looked, I saw Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic, Pokemon, Digimon, uh, Vanguard. Um, yeah. Actually, I think that's all the all the card games I know of anyway. Yeah, it's – they are I, – I really love the service that they put out, and I really think that they do not get as much recognition as they deserve. Oh, absolutely not. Um. Good, but I mean, I've I've actually ordered only one thing from them so far. Um, I was looking for the Dark Magician Girl, the Dragon Knight mat. Yeah. Uh, for my uh fiance, cause that's her, that's her waifu. Um, and I couldn't get it on Amazon. Couldn't get it on eBay. That's actually a Konami mat, which it, yes, it, yes, this one yeah. of the Konami mats. I could not find it. Went on Inked. They had fifteen bucks. Which is actually like that's MSR suggested MSRP for that mat, isn't it? It is, and I you know I ordered it, um, got it within a week. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and uh, so, you know, as soon as I set the order, as soon as it shipped, they messaged me and were like, "Hey, we shipped it. If you have any issues or questions, don't hesitate to you know contact us." Um, then after I got it, uh, the uh, owner was like, "Hey, did you get your mat? Is everything okay?" 
Anything else we can do for you? It's That's su- excellent customer service. Wonderful. One, some of the best customer service I've ever experienced. Yeah. So, And, you know, at the end of the day, even though they're on the Internet, they're still more than likely a small homemade run shop. Oh, yeah. and, my, and As most of these places are. Oh, yeah. And, and I'll, I can gush on them all day, so let's move on from that. Yeah. And the other... The other place that you can order a lot of play mats, if you're really into the super high-end stuff, specifically play mats and dice and I want to say maybe even binders, is Amanda La Palm. Her stuff is a little bit more on the lewd side. They're, they're a little bit more risque. But if that is your thing, then I highly suggest Amanda La Palm. She does custom stuff for all your favorite archetypes she's done. She's about to have a Sky Striker set release. She's done Zodiac. She's done Heroes, Shadals. And when you get it, it's very expensive. I think it's $200 for the set, usually. But you get a set of dice. You get a set of stickers. The dice are metal. They're like one inch by one inch by one inch dice. They're solid metal. They're very heavy. They feel there's a lot of weight. There's a lot of care and design put into all the faces. And so you get the metal dice. You get... A metal field center, you get a, a two-player cloth play mat and some stickers. I want to say maybe even a couple other things, but mm-hmm. that's another option if you want to go the very high-end route. Oh, yeah. If you, want to, if you want to drop some dollar bills on this. on Very specifically on your waifu. Yeah. But the last thing to talk about really is binders. That's the last big thing that people, you know get really personal about oh yeah so first off if you're just now getting into the game or it's like a little kid who just wants to collect cards we recommend just going to walmart buying a three ring binder for like a dollar yep and the nine call dollar pages you find over in the card section um you can get those for about five dollars for 30 pages that's like 17 cents a page i don't recommend the half inch or one inch the lowest side goes one and a half to two inch on the ring side for the binder oh absolutely um and let's see, that's that'll hold 540 cards, over 540 cards, front and back for six bucks. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, then you got the official Konami binders, which you'll, which whenever they release a mat, they also release a matching sleeves, matching deck box, matching binder. Um, the binders aren't; they got like this plastic that kind of sticks together. It's not that great it's not the super highest quality stuff yeah, but they look cool um let's see the official economy binders are 15 bucks nine pocket as well mm-hmm. but you only get 10 pages that's only like 90 cards they look nice they have real high collectability but they're not very durable i i will admit if you if you would but if you did buy one of these i would probably keep it sealed because just like the sleeves like you said they're collectible so Five years down the line, I'd say it's a long time, but, you know, in a couple of years, they could be worth, you know, three or four times what you paid for them. Especially the uh, waifu ones. Especially the waifus. Absolutely. Um, so, okay, so then you also have to, you know, then you, then you also have to think, think about whether or not you want a top or a side loader. Um, for right. all, all the ones we just talked about are all top loaders. That's where you slide the card in and out of the top. Right, and the side loaders, obviously, are when you slide the cards in out of the side, um, which is when most of the higher-end binders are side-loading. Um, so the pros to uh, having a top loader 
is that the cards go in and out easily. They're a little bit cheaper because it's a little bit cheaper to make. But the cons is that they're the, cheaper yeah. and the cards slide in and out more easily, so oh, they fall out easier. Exactly. And, you know, if you like, so like if you just kind of toss it onto a table, the cards will go spilling out. I've had that happen before. The pages on the top loaders are really, really flimsy. So mm-hmm. the thing you, the <clears throat> thing that's weird about the top loaders is that, so when you pick up a page in a lot of binders, the cards, so because it's in a 3x3 three three grid, the... The card, the pages have a tendency to buckle in the middle, both vertically and horizontally. And if the page buckles horizontally, horizontally, then the cards come out the top on the top row. But if they buckle horizontally on a top, on a side loader, they don't do that. And even if they buckle vertically on a side loader, they don't have a tendency to fall out because a lot of the top, the side loaders are just made better. Oh, yeah. Um, now, with side loaders, they're more expensive. Um, they come in a faux leather front, plastic front. Uh, they come in four pocket, nine pocket. Uh, some of them have elastic band. Yeah, there's really a huge, diverse oh, yeah. selection on binders. Oh, yeah. Um, normally, uh, you'll have the elastic band one. Those are about 15 to $20, depending upon the brand. You can, they, I've seen them go up upwards of $50, but those are the super high expensive Um 12 page binders yeah i've seen those they hold 12 cards to a page four across three up and down Mm -hmm. and then you have the front and the back yeah those get really expensive oh yeah uh some of them also have a zipper and seven elastic band um those are about 25 to 30 dollars for the wintra brand and upwards of 250 for a gem accessories version of it yeah the gem accessories they have a they have a book of moon binder those get expensive because that's just like their deck boxes. They sell out instantly. So you have to, more or less, you have to take it with a grain of salt. You have to just kind of get it when you can get it. Oh, yeah. But that's, again, that's with Jim. Um, so the pros to the side loader, which is what I personally prefer, is the cards won't just fall out. The The pages are a little bit thicker, so they're, so they're a little bit sturdier. The whole thing lasts longer due to not being a three ring. So you don't have the right. issue with the three rings getting bent and... All that ridiculousness. Yeah, keep in mind these ring, but these are not ring binders. The side loader ones, most of the time, they have like a spine, they're like a woven spine, like they mm-hmm. they're really well made, like a book. It's right. Oh yeah, so you don't get any of those issues with uh, you're not you know with your uh, page not being able to stay in. Right. Um, the cons is that it can be difficult to get the cards in and out, especially if you got fat fingers like we do. Yeah, I'm I'm a grown man. Like my yeah. fi- <laughs> my oh, yeah, fingers we... don't they don't go into those tiny little yeah spaces. And those and those part and those little slots can be tight, real tight fit. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to get your finger underneath there to get grab the card to pull it out. Um, yes, some some of them actually have a little hole in the middle, so you can put your finger on the hole and push the card out. Really? Is that what that's for? Yeah. I always wondered. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. Say it. Uh, it's, again, so you, the, you can just push down the card and push it out. But those are kind of rare, and they're a little bit more on the expensive side. They exist. They're out there in that's the wild. Hilarious. You know, I've seen that, and I always wonder. I said, man, why would they just leave a hole in the middle of the page of this binder? Well, hey, if, <laughs> if you learned anything new, uh, Sonny certainly just did. Today I learned, man. You learn something new every day. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and that's that was that was not in the show notes. That's a good little. I never realized that those yeah. little holes in the middle were for sliding the cards out. Oh yeah, no, no. It just kind of occurred to me while I was talking about it. But yeah, no, that's what they're for. <laughs> yeah. Only reason I this is I saw someone on a video when you were researching for this. No, actually, it was a video when we were back when you know back during uh, Dino Rabbit format. I was watching a video of a tournament. And they were, you know, they had little clips like while they're talking, right, about nothing, kind of flipping. And I saw this dude sit there and kind of push a card out of his binder because he had one of those, and then pulled out the rest. And I'm like, oh, that's what that's for. Wow, that they've been doing this for ten years and we never knew. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, that's really all we got to talk about for as far as accessories. I mean, there is also um. Also for the binders, I I also have a monster binder. I'm a big yes. fan of monster products. Yeah. Very good binder. Um, there's no elastic band. There's no zipper. But the the pages are so well made, just like the deck boxes. They're really thick, and they hold up super well. And they, they're really satisfying to flip through. Oh, yeah. So, um, and they're cheap. They're only like 20 bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, for a binder, that's, that's, that's actually on the cheaper end. Um, yeah. That being said, though, um, if you would like to buy any of these products, of course, we always recommend supporting your local game store, your LGS. Absolutely. Um, you know, Google, go on Google, find the nearest one, go support them. Um, actually, fairly soon, isn't uh, Konami doing a, a new Lost Art promotional? It's Dark Magician Girl. Are they, so did yeah. they announce the new one? Yeah, it's on the their new... Twitter. Oh, yeah, well. Yeah, I've they tweeted busy. it. I've been too busy with yeah, work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they tweeted earlier today that the next Lost Art promotion is going the to be. The new Dark Magician yeah. Girl. Um, so you go to a local game store that's running this promotion, you, pay, you spend $30 on any product there, and then they just give you this card. Eh, we're already twenty minutes over. Let's talk about the Dark Magician Girl. I, I do, I do want to talk about that for a minute. Okay. Well, Lost Arts in general. Well, specifically the new Lost Art Dark Magician Girl. It's really interesting to me because they announced when they announced that they were doing another wave of Lost Arts. They said specifically they're doing the Dark Magician Girl. So, with that said, the new Dark Magician Girl Lost Art is different. It has a different serial number. So the other one was EN019, I think. And I think this one's EN053 or something like that. Yeah. So with that said, and the other thing they changed was around the artwork, the original, because it was the original art, so like the jump promos of like Dark Magician and Summon Skull that had the alternate art, they didn't have a border around the edge of the artwork. Mm Mm-hmm. The original Dark Magician Girl Lost Art did not either, but the new one has a border with the different serial code. So it's really like a completely different card, and the pricing is completely different. Oh yeah, it's the same basic artwork they had before, it's just a couple of the differences that make the price difference. Right, it, it, it's honestly kind of nice because it gives people that didn't get the opportunity to get the card, it gives them the opportunity to get the card that they want to get with the artwork that they want to have on it, while at the same time, the people that got the first wave still have that collectability to Ex- that. Exactly. Uh, we'll talk more about the actual Lost Art promotion, what it is, all that, next, probably next video, with the next video or two. We'll talk about the Lost Art specifically. Right, we'll do a bit on that. Oh, yeah. Um, for anyone who's curious. But like, yeah, but like I said, uh, definitely, if you want to buy any of this stuff, support your local game store. Um, if you can't due to your local game store being over an hour away so you can't go there every single weekend right um or something like that um there's always tcg player which we highly recommend particularly yep. if you're purchasing singles 
Um, and that, TCG Player does have competitive prices on ex- most yes, accessories. Yes, they absolutely do. Um, which, uh, we do recommend you buy singles over buying packs. If you buy a pack, just assume you're going to lose your money. Right. And do it for fun. Um, eBay's another great place. Or you can just go straight to the retailer website, usually. Yeah, I I, I like eBay um, for accessories specifically. I don't really like eBay for singles. But I do like eBay for accessories. Well, you know, I feel like if, it's a good place you know, to go. If, you know, if you're buying singles, we recommend uh, TCU Player, Troll and Toad, a website that's dedicated to that kind of thing. Or buying them in person, ideally. Yeah, yeah, or buying them in person from another individual or from a local game store. Right. So, to wrap all of this up, we know it's been a super long podcast today. We had no intentions of going an hour and a half in. No, but it... It'll, it happens. Yeah, we, we had a lot to cover today, we, and oh, yeah. we did cover a lot. Oh, yeah, and we really appreciate it for all of you who stuck it all the way through. Absolutely, and with that, on the wrap-up, I do want to say thank you so much to the people that have listened through these first three episodes. We're still getting the hang of things, but we do want to hear from you. We want to hear from our listeners. We want to hear from the people that are supporting us. Whether you found us through Reddit, whether you found us through Twitter, whether you just found us searching pod, Yu-Gi-Oh! podcasts on Spotify, wherever. We're doing our best to outreach as much as we can to the community. And the best way that we can continue to grow and be the best podcast that we can be is by you sharing this podcast everywhere that you can. Liking it, commenting, subscribing. If you see us on Twitter, comment it on Twitter. Tell us what you liked about it. Tell us what you didn't like about it. And shoot us some listener questions. We're always interested in you know the listeners' opinions and questions. And hey, if we get, if we get enough listener questions, we'll do a mailbag at the beginning of every episode. Oh yeah, or something something like that. Um, you know, if there's anything you want us to cover, just to, you know definitely ask us. Uh, you know, we might depending upon what it is. Right. Um. You know. And uh, let's see. Is there anything else you want to announce real quick before we go? Uh, no, I think that'll take us out. Uh, as long as we, everybody remember, we are now the Top Cut Podcast. Uh, that'll be about it. You got anything else to add? Not really, no. Uh, oh, there's a goat tournament coming up. Yes. Uh, so this weekend I'm out of town. Yeah. So this weekend will be May 15th. I'm out of town for my wedding, for my wedding anniversary. And then the following weekend, the 22nd, we're having a goat tournament at our locals. Yeah. And we'll so. talk all about GOAT, after uh, the episode after that, uh, probably that Friday episode, actually. Yeah, the Friday episode right before the tournament is probably going to be a big GOAT episode. We're going to talk a lot about GOAT format, mm-hmm. and then we're going to record the Wednesday episode a little early. We're going to record it Saturday night, because we, we actually have a guest coming on oh, yeah. for that episode. His name is uh, Mason. He is a close friend of ours. He's We've known him since we were in the game last time, and... He is one of the most knowledgeable players that I know personally. He's oh, topped yeah. uh, many regionals, YCSs, and all that, and we're really excited to have him on. Oh, yeah. Granted, most of my memories of him is him uh, whipping our rear ends, but... <laughs> yeah, it, he basically wins every local in Shreveport. He just, Easily. Yeah. So, thank you so much for everybody for listening. Uh, we've known that... We know this one has rambled on for a while, yeah. but... We love y'all to death, and thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Have a good night. You, yeah, yeah. All y'all, take care. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.